It's Thursday, September 2nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians uh, kept a, kept their winning streak going. They, they knocked off Kansas City last night in 11 innings. Uh, come from behind, win 5-3. to three. Uh, they, they were down 3 nothing. Uh, tied the game up in the uh, late innings on a Yu Chang pinch hit home run. Then things got a little uh, got a little fun, a little hairy for Blake Parker there in the tenth inning. Uh, he comes out and has a bases loaded, nobody out situation with the game winning run ninety feet away. He strikes out Sal Perez, uh, gets a couple of pop ups to get out of the the inning, turns it over to. Uh, you know, the Indians offense and they score two more runs in the top of the 11th, uh, highlighted by a Yu Chang uh, RBI base hit. Uh, then Trevor Steffen, uh, the rookie right-hander comes in and he's lights out and picks up his first uh, major league save. Yeah, just a, a, an impressive performance uh, by the bullpen late and, and by Yu Chang uh, driving in, uh, you know, two important runs. And, uh, you know, when they sent James Karinchak down, uh, Joe, you know, Chris Antonetti said, we're going to have to find somebody to step into that role, those late inning roles. And, you know, Parker did a great job in the 10th, like a Houdini act. And, uh, and Trevor Stephan, a Rule 5 rookie, um, retires the side in order. Yeah, it's the bottom of the order, you know, the Royals order in the 11th, but it's still the, <laughs> the 11th inning with a guy on second base. And, uh, just, you know, maybe these two guys uh, can fill that void. Right. Uh, you're, you're right. That, that is what Antonetti said, that different guys would have to pitch in different roles. And, you know, I, I thought when he said it, he meant guys like Trevor Steffen, the young guys in the bullpen. But turns out it's, uh, it's Blake Parker who got the, you know, the biggest outs of that game. And Blake Parker, he's uh, a, a guy they signed back in February to a minor league contract. He had some closing experience in Minnesota and Los Angeles. Uh, he pitched pretty well out of the bullpen in Philadelphia, uh, but really a nine-year veteran, 36 years old. Uh, they, I'm sure they didn't see this coming. Yeah, you know, I think they brought him in, obviously, for as a depth guy. Uh, he went down to uh, Columbus, had, you know, really pitched well down there. And uh, I think they, they just brought him up to uh, give him a look and uh, – you know, like you said, Joe, he's got a lot of experience, and I think they're leaning on that experience right now. DeMarlo Hale likes those guys. You saw him use Brian Shaw for an inning and a third earlier in the game. Then you've got, uh, you know, you've got Parker in there. He, you know he's not going to panic. You, you know, even if he gets beat, he's going to get beat with his pitches. So, uh, you know, that I think that's what you got to do right now. you got to rely on, on your veteran guys and, and mix in your younger guys, you know, like Stefan and give him a chance, give him a feel for those late inning situations, because, you know, what, what, what did Austin Hedges say about uh, Stefan? He's thrown a, a new pitch, right? Well, he's been developing that split change uh, all season long. And just right now, I think, and Parker mentioned this as well, Stefan has the confidence to go out there and throw it. And, and if he's throwing it with confidence and it's effective, it, look, it all starts with Stefan's fastball. If he's locating his fastball 97 to 99 miles an hour, uh, he's, he's going to be effective one way or another because he's already got the slider that he can play off of that. But the split change gives him 
just another weapon. And you saw it last night in the at-bat to Mondesi. Uh, he, he threw that, or was it Mondesi? One yeah. of the at-bats. Mondesi, yeah. Mondesi, he threw it and, you know, it just, the, the bottom drops out of it. It's a beautiful pitch. I, I, we saw the a couple of looks on the uh, on the replay monitors on on the TV broadcast, and just seeing that ball slide out of his fingers that way with no spin on it, and then just dive at the hitter's feet. Uh, it's it's a really effective pitch. We saw Carlos Carrasco use it for so many yeah. years here in Cleveland uh, during his time here. Uh, Blake Parker being able to sort of I don't want to say teach him that pitch, but you know. He's Blake Parker's there and available for Stefan to, to ask questions about, or hey, you know, what's this with the grip? And you know, when you throw it this way, uh, I just think that Blake Parker's sort of mentoring of Trevor Stefan in that situation led to what you saw last night. Yeah, and as Stefan, you know, earlier in the season said he uh, Parker is his guy, he's the guy he goes to when he wants to ask a question, when he's got you know some concerns about pitches or whatever. And, uh, you know, so that's another, you know, role for a veteran guy. And, you know, it's good to have the right kind of veterans on, on, on your ball club because you don't want veterans that are, that are, you know, just want, want their innings and are concerned about themselves. You want guys that are willing to, you know, share the knowledge and understand their role and understand that, you know, Hey, you got to pass the torch eventually and, and you should, uh, you know, do it, in, in a good manner and, and help to help your teammates. And, and DeMarlo, you know, threw Brian Shaw into that mix as well. It's not just Parker, it's Shaw as well. And you saw last night, golly, uh, Brian Shaw finishing guys off with 97 on his fastball. Uh, you know, we always think of Brian Shaw as a guy who wants to pitch every other day, but, you know, give Brian Shaw two consecutive days of rest and he's coming at you with 97. Uh, that that to me says, you know, rest Brian Shaw a little more and you might get a little bit better performance out of him uh, here down the stretch. Yeah, and, and they've used him a little differently, Joe. It seems like they've used him, you know, uh, an inning plus, you know, the, the last several times out. So maybe they're trying to give him a little more rest so they can stretch him out a little bit. Maybe they're just trying to make his arm fall off. That's all. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, they've been accused of that in the past uh, for sure. But, uh, you know, that, that, that you, you did mention this earlier, and it does bring up a good question. Does Trevor Steffen, who, you know, they had been giving two innings to, he had gone three innings in one of his uh, prior outings or whatever. But now that James Karinczak is down in AAA, sort of trying to figure things out for himself, uh, does Trevor Steffen's emergence sort of ease the sting in, you know, losing James Karinczak to a, you know, a flame out, whether that's between his ears or, or something mechanical. Uh, can they can they move forward with Trevor Steffen maybe filling a role like that? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, another point, Joe, you know, we've seen uh, DeMarlo Hale since that one game in uh, Minnesota, the one extra inning game where he didn't use uh, Emmanuel Class A in a, in a tie situation in the ninth inning. We've seen him use class A in extra inning games on the road in that ninth inning. And when you do that, you know, obviously you have to have a backup plan. So Parker, you know, followed him last night and then, uh, and then uh, Stefan. So, you know, I think we're starting to see that, that, that late inning kind of strategy with Hale kind of set up. And obviously if you use, if you use your best quote, best pit, relief pitcher in the ninth, 
you got to have somebody, you got to have a backup plan. And maybe Stefan will be that backup plan. Yeah, on the road, uh, pitching your closer in a, in a tie ball game, uh, not the conventional wisdom. You know, we've seen it go both ways. We've seen Tito uh, sit there on his closer and just, you know, throw everybody but the closer until he gets a lead. Uh, but things are different now, like you said, with the, with the additional runner in the 10th inning. And now you know you're going to at least have a chance to score uh, in, in extras. So you got to get yourself to those extras. And again, you don't take anything away from Class A. He did his job. He yeah. went out there and went through the, uh, the, the Royals uh, hitters. Uh, I mean, he, he's making it look easy right now. He's dotting 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, and uh, he hasn't given up a run in 19 and a third innings now. Yeah, uh, well, yes, sir. Last night made it 20 and a third. 20, 20 and a third? Yeah, that's yeah. – uh, So, I that's mean, that's, that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's on a roll right now. Right. Uh, another guy that's on a roll, uh, you could say, uh, Yu Chang coming off the bench, delivering a pinch hit home run, and then he gets up in the 11th and he gives him an insurance run with a double down the line. Yeah, just uh, really a, a, a good performance. And uh, it just, you know, it, it adds to Chang's head scratching season to me. This is a guy that's almost, you know, still almost striking out 30% of the time. But since he came back from uh, Columbus, you know, in early August, I mean, he's 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 hit home runs in I think four straight or you know his last four games. Um, he's just uh, you know he's showing that extra base power that we saw in you know spring training two last year, and uh, just uh, just he's he's making himself he's making an impression an impression Joe, and he's doing it at the right time at the right time because. The Indians have some big decisions coming up in the offseason. And he's, I think he wants to be, you know, he's he's letting them know that just the potential that he has as a hitter. Yeah, from the Indians' perspective, I think, you know, great, make it a hard decision on us. Go out and give us everything you've got and and show us what, you know, make it a hard decision for us if we have to make a, a hard decision to cut you. Uh and, and I don't see that happening. I think Yu Chang is playing his way into some sort of role with this club next year. Uh, they've got a bunch of, you know, 4A type guys that could fill utility roles. You know, er, Ernie Clement, uh, unfortunately, with the, the COVID situation uh, is, is not around. He, he would be taking at bats away from Chang right now. Andres Jimenez, I think he can play multiple positions but you don't know what you have there offensively. I think uh, Jimenez or uh, Chang gives you uh, sort of a, an advantage over Jimenez there at the plate. Uh, right now, opening day next season, I think you Chang is my utility guy. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Joe. I think he's making a case for himself. And, you know, like you said, he, he's got that versatility. You know, he, he, yeah, he made the error last night at second base on a bad throw, but he also made a good play there when he first came in. You know, he can play third. I really like him at third base. He's got more than enough arm to play any any position, and I think he's done a good job at first base as well. So, but but that extra base potential out of his bat, I think, is is really a key thing. To, and uh, you know, I know they've got a lot of uh, young guys coming up, infielders, but you know. Chang, if Chang keeps playing like this, I think he, you're right, Joe. I think he's he's on that 26-man roster next year. 
And at some point next year, I think you've got to give Gabriel Arias a look. You've got to, you've got to find out what you've got with some of these, uh, you know, acquisitions that you've made over the past two seasons. Uh, You've got so many guys at the double and triple A levels that can play middle infield. Uh, You know, Chang might not stick around the entire year next year, but he, he definitely is gives you something right now and, and can show you, you know, w- what the potential is. I, I don't know what would happen if you played him every day. What would happen if you played him every day at second base? He'd strike yeah, out you know, 125 a, times in a season. Yeah. You know, that, that that's a great point. And, you know, we don't know about, we don't know that about any of these guys really, except maybe Jose Ramirez, you know, we know that about him, but, these guys are so young that, and maybe Hedges, you know what you're going to get out of Hedges as a starting catcher, but all the other guys, you know, we, you just don't know. And that's what happens with a young team. You know, and like we talked about yesterday with, you know, you have to bring back Ahmed Rosario at this point. Uh, you still, Ahmed Rosario hasn't done this more than one season. So, you know, if he's able to put up another month anywhere close to August, uh, you know, on the TV broadcast, they were, uh, joking about how yesterday was August 32nd because Ahmed Rosario got another hit. So uh, it's, it's interesting, uh, but there's <laughs> just so many unknowns. And that, that brings us to sort of my, my point here at the, the second half of the, the, the podcast today. What's the biggest question facing the Indians in the final month of the season? What do they, ha- what do they need to answer in order to set themselves up for the off season and heading into spring training next year? Well, I guess my, for me, Joe, they've got to find out, you know, where Shane Bieber and, and Aaron Savali are in the, in the last month of the season. Now, you know, it looks like Savali is going to be ready, I would think, to pitch, you know, at some point in, in, in early September. You know, he had, the, uh, he had his third, uh, um, third uh, rehab start in Akron. It went well, five innings. Uh, so, you know, he, 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 you know, yet last night he did a good job and Bieber is, you know, on the way to pitching a simulated game, but they've got to find out where those guys are health wise. And, uh, you know, as they go into the, into the off season and what they can expect in 2022 from them. Yeah. If, if both of those guys can come back fully healthy, you know, and with Bieber, I think there's always going to be sort of a, uh, a worry or a doubt in the back of your mind until you see him do it consistently and, and, and perform um, early next year. But if both of those guys can come back healthy, you, you've got instant depth. You've, gave, you've given yourself depth now in your starting rotation by adding back those two guys who were supposed to be such a huge part of things for you this year. Uh, Bieber is... <laughs> I'm, Every time he takes the mound in April and May, I think uh, everybody's going to hold their breath, and that's just the way it's going to be. But uh, Savali, Savali's injury is a little different, a little uh, a little less concerning. That's one where if you can come back from it and it doesn't, you know, reoccur uh, it, it, relatively soon, then I think you've gotten past it, and, and he should be he should be just fine. Yeah. Uh, for me, the biggest question facing the Indians in the, in the final month of the season uh, is guys like Jose Ramirez and Roberto Perez. Are these guys who have been, you know, huge pieces of this, this run that you've had 
since 20, really 2013, but, you know, since 2016, uh, are these guys going to be around at this time next year when you could be having some success? If you're, if your rotation stays together, if these young hitters click, you know, this is, this is uh, sort of the feeling that this team had, you know, maybe back in 2015 before they were ready to go on that run. Uh, does that mean you, you kick loose a Jose Ramirez or a, a Roberto Perez and, and see what you've got at the other positions and let the other young players come up and, and take over? Uh, for me, uh, I think in this final month of the season, Jose Ramirez isn't going to do anything, you know, to, to make you want to get rid of him. But he can only increase his own value and trade potential for the offseason at this point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, just to see what they do with Jose, what they, what decisions they make. Do they pick up his option? Because, you know, they're going to have to pick up that option, or, you know, right after the World Series in, in November. They're going to have to make that decision. And I'm sure they'll, they'll, they're already working on making that decision or, you know, right. kicking the idea around. So we're not, we're not going to have to wait long to find out what that is. Or maybe they trade him before that, you know. But I think Joe, deep down, I think he stays. I think he's a cornerstone of this club, but uh, you know, that's me. Yeah. I, 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 I tend to want to agree with you there, but my mind also wanders to what opens up and what potential could, could be there if they do deal him and they do, uh, you know, try to maximize what they have in, in him at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I just think, you know, in that final month of the season, you know, we're going to see, uh, we, we were just talking about how Jose, uh, you know, his at-bats have have sort of looked, you know, he, he sort of gives away at-bats at, at some point because of his, his low strikeout numbers. I think the stat that I saw was he's got 40-plus home runs uh, over his last 162 games, but fewer than 100 strikeouts. And it's just, just really, he doesn't strike out at all but he also will give away at bats and, and, you know, just sort of put balls in play. Um, and his OPS is, is, is great. Uh, he's, he's exactly what a, a contending team would need, uh, you know, heading into next season. I, I just think, um, you know, the Indians could probably get quite a bit for him and I wouldn't be surprised to see a deal worked out. Yeah. They certainly have not been shy about trading their, their, uh, their big name players. And he's, he's probably the last big name player, you know, legitimate all-star that, that they've got. But speaking of big names, you know, the big name change next year, you kind of want a face to, to stick out there and, and uh, sort of lead yeah. the, uh, the rebranding charge there as well. And I could see them holding on to him for at least that season uh, as well. All right, Hoinsey, the uh, Indians uh, wrap up this series in Kansas City. They'll be back. Don't worry. You'll be out there one more time this season. Uh, <laughs> but they wrap things up in Kansas City tonight. Uh, the return of Tristan McKenzie. He'll be back off the injured list. Uh, what Tristan McKenzie are we going to see tonight? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, he's coming off two great starts, Joe, against the, the Tigers and the Angels. You saw the Angels game, and uh, he's got big, big numbers against, impressive numbers against the Royals. And the Indians are rolling against the Royals. They won 10 straight. And I guess it all depends how his shoulder is, you know. You know, DeMarlo Hale was saying we wouldn't send him, we would not send him out there if we didn't think he was, you know, 100%. So 
we'll see how it goes. They're facing, uh, you know, Mike Miner, tough lefty, who's, you know, given them trouble in the past with Texas. So we'll see how that goes. But I think, uh, you know, I'm anxious to see McKenzie, and I expect him to pitch well. All right. We'll talk to you again tomorrow after uh, McKenzie's return here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.